All of a sudden, I'm aroused too. Like, hey, here we are. I wasn't <laughs> thinking about this morning. before, but <laughs> maybe, maybe I could have coaxed you into this. You weren't thinking yeah. about this I before. wasn't. And then it's like all of a sudden, I walk in and then I see a little finger code kind of go. Good. Right. <laughs> All right, so today we're talking about throupling in the bedroom, embracing sexual diversity and polyamorous triads. So the question is, sexual variety, they say it's the spice of life. Is that true? They say variety is the spice of life, but yet sexual variety is not allowed. It's like highly frowned upon. So, but everybody wants their sex life to be spicy. Mm-hmm. It's allowed in our in our worlds, I think. I think we're, <laughs> but everybody else, everybody else is finding themselves in a conundrum. <laughs> yes, yes. So let's talk about what we're re- really here to talk about: sex in a throuple. Mm-hmm. Why is it different? Why is it better? Why is it not better? Like, what are we comparing it first? Compare it first with monogamy. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So, is it better? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I would say in every way. I can't think of any. Yeah. You're like, how is it better? How is it not better? Like, I don't know how it's not better. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a hundred times better. A hundred times better. Because yeah. oh. <laughs> uh, it gets, uh, you know, it gets stale very quickly when you're in a monogamous marriage. It's like there's, you keep trying to find new ways, keep it fresh, do something a little different or whatever. But there's something about in the throuple dynamics, like somebody's always in the mood. Mm-hmm. Something's always a little different. Right, yeah. there's a lot of variety. Yeah. And variety is a secret to, yeah. to maintaining desire. And somebody's always bringing something in, you know, to it that they want to do or try or right. whatever. Like, oh, all right, let's do it. Like, Yeah, most of the fun. time, at least one person is in the mood. And if one person is, usually you can get the right. other. And most of the time, coerced get, into sexual uh, yeah. activity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At any point, too, if any two of us are having sex and somebody else walks in, it's like, all of a sudden I'm aroused, too. Like, hey, here we are. I wasn't <laughs> thinking about this party, before, though. but <laughs> maybe, maybe I could have coaxed you into this. You weren't thinking yeah. about this I wasn't. Before. And then it's like, all of a sudden I walk in and then I see a little finger kind of go. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just walk in the bedroom and there's somebody naked sleeping on the bed. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> and then you go and call a friend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was hot outside. But it was like it, they just felt good and yes, yeah. yes. It was very innocent. It was very. It wasn't innocent. a setup. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I didn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, a very interesting uh, relationship concept within um, uh, polyamory, and that is polyfidelity, because I think it's a, a very uh, it's a good subject to address uh, when we're talking about sex. Because uh, what is polyfidelity? It's a monogamous approach to polyamory. So you take a group of people, whatever three, four, five. And uh, so you're basically polyamorous because you're all in a relationship in some kind of combination of relationship. And you close this group, which is, it's very similar. Is it similar to a polycule? It's more or less? 
It, not necessarily, it would be right? a, it would be a polycule but not all polycules are, are closed are closed yes yeah so this would be a closed polycule so basically yes. a monogamous polycule yes and i think uh, so don't, i don't yeah. you know, don't quote me on this i just remember for reading this an article about this a few years back but there was like a commune in san francisco mm-hmm. that started this right and it seemed like it was after you know the 60s it was like after the free love so somewhere yeah. in like the 70s time frame they started this commune and that's where the whole polyfidelity thing came in and they everybody was afraid with the aids epidemic and yeah. um coming out so it was like it was more about an std but also trying to keep the free love culture right so basically like, they did the closed polyamorous group right like correct the, yeah so and they all it, was, it, it allowed for everybody to still love each other and the the way that the hippies had brought in right but, so you could still be free yes it's basically if you think about it it's like having a tribe the it was tribe it was like yeah. a tribe yeah the, the rest of the world it sounds you know um so crazy you know alternative whatever, mm-hmm. but basically they just took what other civilizations are still doing and exactly you know, it's not like you were having or, sex with the other tribes and i know yeah. i've read in books that if you would do such a thing you would be killed you could yeah. not do that so that's and they what brought it, it into western culture and tried it out mm-hmm. so so it's not unusual. But when you do that, uh, it does bring a little bit of monotony, I guess, to the to the relationship. How to so? some extent. Well, because you are no longer changing uh partners. You're not like you're not like an open relationship style. Uh, are you talking about if it's like uh, only three or four? Right. Uh, that's like common. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a lot of people. I was like, I don't see that ever getting even numbered. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen Hey, Wendy, I don't think I've ever seen you around the company before. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> are you new here? <laughs> no, I've been here for a year. Oh, let me see your tattoo. Oh, you've got the commune tattoo, yeah? Oh, God. <laughs> Stop. This actually doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> Let's start a commune. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, well, if you right. want to come over to my TV later, uh, <laughs> come by. Oh, why do we have to live in TPs? <laughs> right. Oh, oh, that is a very commune, you know? <laughs> Can we shave at least? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what happened to this? <laughs> I was supposed to be serious, and here you are. <laughs> How can you be serious when you're talking? If you're serious right. when you're talking about sex, that you do Especially have some sex problems. in a commune. <laughs> Hey, Wendy yes. and Chad, how are you? I'm the uh, commune potter. I do pottery. Stop. I would love to try some pottery. Yeah. Come over and see my pots later. Okay, stop. Good Lord. I'm going to have to cut this out. My point was that you can get monotony in any kind of relationship. It doesn't have to be just monogamous. Mm-hmm. So um, when you take away the novelty or and the ongoing novelty mm-hmm. of a relationship, which uh, you can get in a polyamorous open relationship, for example, is constantly changing, mm-hmm. then you can reach a point of um, just, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to use the word boredom, but... You know. Mm-hmm. So, Shaw, why don't you tell us the 17 ways that you keep things fresh in our relationship? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for putting me on the spot. You know, hey, you did it to me last to week. So. <laughs> Nobody's done it to live yet. Uh, <laughs> oh. 
No, it does take a lot of intentionality to keep things. Yeah, even in a throuple dynamic, it's really easy to just fall into a routine of just this is your daily life, especially Uh when you're living together. I think it's a little bit easier if you're not. um, It's like, oh, well, you're you're at my at my house tonight, so this is a special occasion. I'm going to get out some lingerie. You're planning ahead for things, but when you're living together, Uh yeah, you just you have. Just the the routine of daily yeah. life, and you have all these stressors that you're dealing with with work and kids and yeah. just house maintenance mm-hmm. and everything. Changing bedroom helps, right? It does. Just it does. the fact, the, yeah. the simple action of changing the bedroom. Yes, yeah. I know yeah. we brought it up before, but we have two master suites, one mm-hmm. upstairs, one downstairs. So for us, it's like we go back and forth between mm-hmm. the bedrooms. So it does some about that keeps it fresh. It's usually, just me together. with my pillow, just moving up and down the stairs. <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> and on Friday nights and Saturday nights, we all sleep in the same bed. So yeah, Liv will bring her her pillow up to, to my room. Or yeah. on yeah, the other night, I'll drag the pillow and all the blankets, all the of our three blankets, our three twin size <laughs> extra long blankets. If you guys want to know what we're talking about, down the stairs. watch our uh, sleeping arrangements episode. Yes. you'll hear all about the blankets. <laughs> yes. But, but back to what you're saying, though. That yeah, it's uh, with all the little responsibilities and stuff. You're like, you want to get in the mood, but just ten minutes ago. You're yelling, get your pants on and get in the bed. <laughs> if I've got to come up there. Exactly. <laughs> it's a, it is a mood killer. Yeah. And yeah, you have to be still very intentional about trying to create a mood. Yeah. The right mood. Um, yeah. It is easier, I think, to create the right mood when there are three people involved. I agree. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And it, if one of us does want it, like I was saying earlier, it is usually pretty quick to get at least one other person involved and then before you know it everybody's having fun and the stress of the pantsless kids running around and refusing to go to bed is is very quickly forgotten (laughs) you know there's another uh one of the varieties the spices Mm -hmm. as we as we're talking about is uh, the uh, exhibitionist in the voyeur yeah, like that. That comes into play a lot because yes, it does. You know, you I you know I see you guys together. That turns me on, and you know, vice versa or whatever. Just and that doesn't have to be sexual. Just around the house, like oh, just you know. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, just a flirt or something like a flirt between you guys will right. You know, yeah. I get excited. I mean, about suddenly it. you're in the mood. It's not explicitly <laughs> sexual. Yeah, it's not an actual sex act. Yeah. But it's still sexual because... Uh, the energy is always Flirting uh, and heightened. foreplay. Yeah. Foreplay yeah. starts at exactly. uh, the end of the orgasm, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, but it, it's a heightened uh, sexuality, you know, energy the whole time. Yeah, that's always it like is. flowing. It, there's around. a lot. There's a lot. I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't know if it's just chemistry between us, or also how we all interact and how we we do consider sex to be a very important part of our relationship. And all three of us. us. Yeah. Yes. And none of us wear underwear. <laughs> not even now. We are not wearing any. <laughs> <laughs> Too much for you. <laughs> don't tell them all that. They all need to. They all need to get on Amazon and buy underwear. <laughs> Do you think we're wearing underwear right now? Comment below. Let us know. <laughs> what is the secret to desire in a long-term relationship? In your opinion, Josh. My opinion. Um, well, keeping it fresh. I mean, me and Char were monogamous for a long time, and we kept it pretty exciting. What does that mean, yeah. keeping it fresh? Uh, we found, I mean, we're always trying something different. Something trying new. new things. Yeah, we, it kept progressing more and more. Mm-hmm. And more. It yeah. wasn't... Uh, 
you know, we didn't like, well, you just wait till Saturday night, Missy. You're going to get it. Yeah. 5 p.m. Saturday night. Yeah. Be here. Yeah, be here. It also helped that we didn't have kids for a long time. So it was, there was a lot more opportunity there to mm-hmm. have spontaneous fun, you know. Right. I mentioned before, yeah, we were, we had really enjoyed a lot of role plays and all mm-hmm. that, which is one of the best things I think about being in a tuple dynamic is a lot of the things that you use to role play, you can do for real life now, <laughs> or or yes. even just having like the two of us, like I love planning stuff, the two of us, and it's just, it's a different level of excitement and it fun. Is. All of a sudden, and there's three people, yeah. so much more stuff yeah. that you can do. Yeah. And we were talking earlier about like the sexual energy around the house, like that's because we have so when we have because we have so much fun in that in the sexual aspect it just heightens the mood and everything else too Mm -hmm. like there'll be times that we're arguing about something or two of us are arguing about something and if the third just makes some little naughty innuendo that's true it totally brings up the mood so it just i don't know it makes everything better usually does josh he always makes the innuendos no, you're pretty good. Sometimes I'm pretty good. Usually somebody will say something that is at least a little bit, can be twisted, a little bit sexual. And if somebody capitalizes on that, like, boom, the whole At mood, the same the whole mood can, is lifted. We never take this podcast seriously because whenever somebody actually wants to do any work, somebody else decides to bring it to a whole new level of sexual innuendos. <laughs> and we do not focus. They were like, this is why we're not getting things done. <laughs> You guys edit out all the good stuff I say. <laughs> if you guys didn't edit out what I say, we'd be the number one podcast in the United States. Okay. <laughs> You're on. One of my favorite things is uh, with either any one of us are together and the other one isn't, and they walk in the room, is to always yell, it's not what you think. <laughs> oh, no. Your wife is here. <gasps> your girlfriend got us. <laughs> I like doing that. It's like, shh, your wife is outside. Shh. <laughs> yes it's forbidden see it's Shh, a forbidden don't fruit. let yeah. my, don't let my husband hear us <gasps> i knew you were a lesbian all these years they were just using me for the kids <laughs> the sperm donor, I'm a donor. <laughs> you knew it <laughs> okay Char, what is your secret for desire in long-term relationship hmm yeah, just keeping it fresh, figuring yeah. out um, mm-hmm. new things. And for me, a lot of it is still just uncovering all the sexuality mm-hmm. that I've been suppressing. So if I have a thought that makes me feel uncomfortable, my natural instinct is to just push it away. Like, oh my gosh, oh, why, why would I think that? And now I'm like changing that to where i'm like oh wait 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 what was come back here what was that what's this yeah exactly like why did i feel that why did i feel that way why did i think that why did that make me uncomfortable Uh Um, even just seeing things like on social media or in the news or whatever where you like something stirs up like negative something energy i'm having to stop and like consider like okay what is it why why do i feel this way and sometimes it's nothing sometimes it really is something that i should be like Mm-hmm. kind of have a, a bad negative concept of and other times it's like huh i didn't even know right. i had like that's a mental block i didn't even know i was dealing with right. that and then so that's been a lot of it for me like as far as keeping it fresh is just allowing all of my sexuality like inviting all of my sexuality to mm-hmm. be 
to the surface yeah. and embracing that. Um, and I think that's something that I think a lot of our culture doesn't do is just being honest with themselves about what they really want. Um, just because, because so much hard, that right? is, is very taboo. Mm-hmm. And why would you even want yourself? Why would you even want to let yourself think about these things? If you know, you don't have a partner that would support this. Exactly. So I think we, uh, we're kind of in a unique dynamic where we can be honest with ourselves and then we can be honest with our partners, even if our partners aren't like, yeah, yeah, let's totally, I'm totally into that. <laughs> um, we're also in a place where we know we're, we aren't going to be judged for having those fantasies. And well, we usually, usually when you are, we are, but I don't know if people are in, in a no monogamous relationship. Most people are not. We were talking yeah, about that. Like, there's a risk there. Yeah. Like telling somebody, hey, I don't like our sex lives and I want to try this. Ooh. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's usually met with how dare you. <clears throat> but in honesty, usually the other partner is also denying themselves Absolutely. and they're, or at least but not being honest with it? themselves. Are they going to admit it? Right. I don't know. They're yeah, not going to admit it because it's easier than to, to bear your soul as well and say, you know what, honey, I too have these things and I'm kind of feeling uncomfortable with my urges, yeah. but I want to talk about it. It's easier to just, oh, I'm better than you. You're a whore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so much easier. Yeah. How dare you yes. want something different You're than me? To destroy our relationship. Mm-hmm. This is your fault. Yeah. Why we're not working. Or oh. Even if it's not something, how dare you want something different than me? Even if it's just, how dare you want something different than what I'm already giving you? That too. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I thought, yeah, that's true. I thought I was giving you everything. Yeah, I should be able to give you everything, and you should be my everything. Yeah. Now, Shar, you read some books that helped you, right? With that, I think our listeners would probably like to hear some mm-hmm. of the. Yeah. You, you share some of the stuff that you learned along the way. I I don't know if if YouTube will like. Well, it's the title of a book, um, "Pussy" by Regina Tom. <laughs> we can we can beep it. Yes, Mama Gina. I think people know yes, who she is. Yes, yes. yes. Um, e dash U dash S S dash. Why? <laughs> yes, yeah. I actually read that book too, and we didn't even know each other. Yeah, we didn't even know each other. Yeah, Yeah. I think I had started it. I was in the middle of it, I think, when we Uh met. And I was like, oh, I was talking about something in a book This I'm reading. And she's like, oh, have you read? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the one I'm reading. So that was very helpful. Um, There were some others as well. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'll put it in the comments Uh if I remember. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Esther Perel. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I spoke about her book before. Actually, I haven't really. I just mentioned a book that kind of opened my mind to uh, being okay to be non-monogamous. And that was uh, The State of Affairs that she wrote. And I know Mating in Captivity. Josh, you read mm-hmm. it? Yes, I did. I like that book. And it, it talks a lot about desire and how to maintain desire fresh in, yeah. a, in a relationship. She's amazing. She's super smart. Yeah, she I love watching her videos. She's super smart. Do you know she speaks nine languages? Yes. She's brilliant. She's yes. incredible. Anyway, I'm a big fan. I'm so if anybody wants any type of advice about alternative relationship structures and uh, how to keep uh, desire and sexuality fresh within your relationship, she's the one to read. Yeah. So how about the same question to you? How do you keep relationships fresh, exciting? So for me, what I've discovered that is really important is um, it's, uh, well, obviously new things, but that's like, it's easy to say and it's easy to kind of get lost in like, what is new? Mm -hmm. And uh, the wanting something, wanting something that maybe I can't have. So 
bring it, bringing an element of forbidden into mm-hmm. it, that to me is very exciting. Like even uh, what turns me on a lot is when I watch you two interact in a way that is just the two of you. And I just, you two talking, I'm not necessarily like maybe talking, flirting, whatever, that that type of thing. I'm not, I'm not talking having sex, but if I watch you two and I'm not part of it, there's this 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 invisible line that is being mm-hmm. uh, you know traced between yeah. us, and that makes me want it. You know, mm-hmm. not in a weird uh, like oh get out of here, you know, pushing Shar aside or or you aside, but like it's just it makes me wait for my turn, mm-hmm. and that creates the want, the need, oh, and okay. it's no longer just there whenever I want it. Yeah, because if it's there whenever I want it, I don't really want it anymore. You know, so a little bit of the scarcity, maybe. Yeah, I guess it's just like the main thing, and that's about I learned from mating in captivity. The main, the driven force behind desire is wanting. You know, so being in a state of wanting, not in a negative, painful, hurtful way, but just having to wait and want for something, it, it it increases my desire. Yeah. I know you you spoke about that on a maybe it was the sleeping arrangement uh episode too but you talked about the you know I I I trade off rooms you know Sunday through Thursday. Right. But you would you'd mentioned uh that every other night you know you get to catch up on your reading mm-hmm. or you know do things take you know self-care things you want to do for yourself. Right. But then the other night when I'm you're like now it's my night. You yes. Know, you're like, yeah, it's exciting like yeah, and, it's and fresh. It's fresh and it's just like it's the perfect arrangement for me be, for me because I love having that me time to do all my divine feminine meditations and all the stuff that I do but at the same time in the back of my on the back in the back of my head I know that the next day I'll spend the night with the two of you or mm. you and I or and it's like ooh it's exciting I get to wait for it yeah, yeah. that's always been a thing ever since I think I discovered I was I think I was reading some some of those erotic books you know that women used to i stole it from my mom when i was like 17 or something (laughs) i don't even know what it was it was some stupid stuff and it was about that like this woman wanting to have a relationship with someone and she was forbidden i thought it was the hottest thing Mm. and that's ever been my thing yeah so that's how i keep things fresh Nice. I get into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret. That's the secret. <laughs> yeah, it definitely helps. It definitely uh, makes it more exciting. The trading off every other night, like you better take advantage of of what you have tonight because he's not going to be there tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. I think what's super uh, fun and exciting is when we go out in public. You know, we mm-hmm. do that on the you know the weekends where we go out to a club or whatever, go hang out with friends or whatever. But the sexual energy of, you know, being out a club VIP drinking champagne or something like that, everybody's staring like, who are these m-? Right. Yeah. No, beat that out. <laughs> I'm going to have to beep a lot of things out in this episode. <laughs> but, you know, people are like, who, they can't figure out who we are. Are they celebrities? Like, what yeah. the hell, why are they together? Da, 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 da. And then, yeah. Who's together? Who's with who? Yeah. They're trying to figure it out. It is, it's, very much look down on it like it's a bad bad thing desiring sexual variety or even sexual satisfaction as a whole is considered to be a bad thing you should not lead your life looking for that that should not be at the forefront of your existence it's a weird thing because in western culture especially like here in america it's uh sex seems to be so demonized it's like it's something we don't talk about yes yet we're inundated with it on media 
So we're because you know, we don't talk about yeah, it, right? Sex and fantasies in our face all day long, but we're never supposed to actually do mm. any of those things or act on it. Unless yeah. it's in secret and private. Yeah, we're not considering sex as being a, a normal part of somebody's existence, like eating, sleeping. Yeah. So you've been all over the world. You're from Europe. What was it like outside of the United States as far as sexuality? Mm, I think most countries are not going to flaunt anything sexual. Some countries are definitely going to try to exclude it from life completely. And that's when... In my opinion, you get the worst uh, societal deviation. It's abnormal, and you see literally trying to remove sex and sexual activity behavior from someone's life. It just turns you into a monster. I'm not even joking because it's not natural. And then there are other countries that are more uh, like Germany, for example, and I I spoke about that before. They're... Not when you look at them, like uh, they don't seem to be very passionate people, they take everything very clinical, and that helps them treat sex just like any other part of life. And nudity for them, it's not always sexual because it's not always sexual. And you'll see people in the middle of the city sunbathing in the nude by the river with families and other people in their suit going to work, and it's normal. Mm. And sex Mm. is sex, and they teach their children about sex at a very young age. But in a very clinical way, it's not pornographic. Hmm. So there's ways we don't yes. have to. Interesting. It's like we were founded in a Puritan culture. It's like I mean, after all these hundreds of years in the United States, it's like it still carries over and over. Yeah, yeah, and that purity culture is definitely, even if you don't hold to a religion, still, it still is affecting your life. If you've been raised in America, you still have a lot of the effects of that purity culture, even if it's just guilt or shame for not living in a way that everybody else approves. Yes. Um, uh, that actually makes sex life spicier because you have a lot of taboos. If everything is allowed, <laughs> then whatever. Yeah, just blah. <laughs> yep, yep. But now, like here, for example, in most other countries, like in modern countries, uh, you have these like uh, forbidden fruits and you act differently uh in your sex life and in the bedroom than you act on your daily uh, activities in the office and it's just in my opinion having sex being taken out of the the normal everyday conversation makes it even more desired more forbidden so i think the problem is that you have a lot of people who are still trying to abide by those rules though so you have all these taboos but very few people are actually acting on them. So you still have like those desires, but you have now you have the suppression of those desires. Like, right. And you you've you've lived like that, right? You grew up like that. Yes. Suppressing sexual desire. Yeah. 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 I I followed all of the rules mm-hmm. to a T. Like right. Josh wasn't just my first sexual experience, like he was the first one I kissed. The first, like I right. never even held hands or dated anybody. Like I was just like right. that perfect little church girl, followed all the rules, right. and then got married and did everything that that culture and especially the church says. Do this, and you'll have a great sex life. You'll have you know, an amazing marriage. We did have an amazing marriage, you- but the sex life was like it. How did you perceive the notion of great sex life? What did that mean to you? Uh, 
just a sex life that's very enjoyable. You don't have mm-hmm. any of the um, sexual insecurities or okay. sexual baggage from giving yourself away to other partners. So you, know, right. you have this the analogy of like you have this beautiful rosebud and it's just perfect and then you pass it you know, pass it through a crowd and by the time it gets to the end it's withered and smashed and bruised and it's they just it. it's pointless you know just put it in the trash and they held that up as the example and like okay if you have this beautiful virgin it's this beautiful you know perfect right prize so- and then you pass it around you know, every time somebody else touches it it loses its value. Right. And it just, it having that mentality is just, it's so damaging. It is. But listening to you talking about it, I understand what, the whole notion of sex was negative. That That's the, the whole idea. Because if you look at sex, how I look at sex now, as an enriching emotional and sometimes even spiritual experience, because I consider it a positive thing. I don't consider it a negative thing then I never think about, oh, okay, like the more you have, the more like wear and tear, you know, you're damaged. Mm -hmm. But if I would think about it as a bad thing, like, uh, I don't know, anything, drinking, for example, the more you drink, the more you're going to mess up your body, then you see the analogy where I'm getting at? Mm -hmm. Like it was perceived as being bad to begin with. So how are you ever going to have a satisfying sexual life after marriage if it's not something that you're supposed to have and enjoy well and i think that's where a lot of my issues came from was like sex and sexuality was something to be hidden and right. really exactly sexuality right. is yeah. is shameful so but it was like i i was supposed to somehow figure out how to have my sexuality completely turned off until I get married, and then you turn it on, but only in the bedroom, and only like within these parameters. A, a like, lot of conditions. Yeah, and it took me years to realize that that is a fallacy. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Your sexuality is either turned on or it's turned off, and that. And once I figured that out, it was like it was literally like a light switch. Like I think I, there was times that I wondered. I just thought that a lot of my sexuality just didn't exist. And then once I figured out that it did exist, it was just a matter of figuring out where that light switch was. Mm-hmm. And once I figured that out, right. it didn't take that long. Right. It's and all, it's and that only yeah. happened once I threw out the rule book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so following all of the rules, did that, that, did that, didn't get me, that didn't get me a sex life that I was happy with. It didn't give me a sex life that my husband was happy with. And... It was just, it was snowballing, causing more and more issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though we had a great relationship, an amazing, loving marriage outside the bedroom, it was causing frustrations for both of us and right. insecurities for me. And um, yeah, and then once I threw out the rule book, literally just, you know, I and not saying that I started like just going out and I I didn't totally throw out everything and start you were cautious yeah you so, didn't like just you weren't one of those the pendulum didn't swing the other way and you were like exactly like, we see that all but the that's time better, right like the, yeah, yeah healthier we approach. growing up I and mean, i grew up in the same you know same group you know circle basically she did not the exact same one but similar you know yeah. just somewhere else and it was the same thing like you watch over time 
all these people that were super conservative. They grew up. They wore their little purity rings, purity culture, whatever. These people went off the freaking yeah. deep end later yeah, on in life. Like they, that all the time. Yeah, I saw, I saw everything. They got into porn, gay porn, like just yeah. you know, weird. That's you know, what I was complete, saying. You, you can't know. take this away from people. No. You're gonna. It's not going to be right. Yeah. You're not going to be developed. I went to one of those things that like she was talking about, too. And I remember it was in Southern California. It's like this huge youth group events. And they had this guy come out, Josh Harris. He talked to all these kids. And they did this little analogy, I think, where they took a Tic Tac and they handed it, and then they passed it from kid to kid. How to kid deep! To kid. I wish I would think about smart ways like that to get and my then, points and across. They, and the talk was something about like, uh, you imagine this tic tac is you, and by the end, no one would want you anymore. And they asked you, who who wants to eat that tic tac? And there's, and at the end of it, they're asking us all one by one. So are you gonna, you know, be pure to marriage? And I said no. And they, why not? I was like, because I'm not a tic tac. <laughs> Did you really say that? Yeah. <laughs> I was a very honored teenager. <laughs> Yeah. I tried to give us a little ring. I was like, no, I'm not taking the read. Like, I'm not, in, not doing this. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so we did. We proceed with caution. Like, I didn't, I had also, like Josh said, I'd seen the other side of the pendulum where just having total disregard for your own boundaries or maybe not setting your own boundaries also doesn't work. And that leads to a lot of brokenness and heartache as well. Um, so I tried to, you know, use my own common sense and comfort zone i think that was the secret because you yeah. use your own this your decision it was your decision yeah. you weren't breaking free and escaping and then going crazy you decided how to give and how much to change and yeah exactly. it gave you power so you didn't have to overcorrect. yeah i think that makes a lot of sense but with that said there's a lot of things that i never would have discovered about myself if it hadn't been for opening up and having other sexual partners like right there's there's no way that i could have discovered certain things about myself yeah that makes a lot of sense because um even uh things that you don't think you have when it comes to sexuality because it's so hidden because it's considered such a secret taboo dirty wrong thing you don't even have to be in a family where they say that to you all you have to just do just be out see a movie mm -hmm. Be in contact with your friends. See how society treats sex. And automatically, and I'm pretty sure I speak for everyone that we all have a, a certain level or were raised with a certain guilt towards our sexuality, towards mm -hmm. accepting our sexuality. Because that's, it was everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I was raised like this and I see everyone around me and I've had conversations with people in the non-monogamous uh, world that have said like i know it's not wrong but somehow sometime i have this guilt i have this weird thing that i can't escape and i don't know what it is and that's what it is it's being brainwashed being raised to believe it's wrong yeah and i think even if you don't even if you personally know it's not wrong just knowing that people that you love and care about think less of you for, right. for certain aspects of your sexuality like that's still it's still hurtful and damaging to to yeah. you yep and then automatically with all this you're just not going to explore it's easier just to demonize sex non-monogamy any kind of alternative 
structure. Yeah. Or if you explore, it's done like very secret, very in secret. Yeah, which Secretly. is and damaging in yeah. of itself as well. Sometimes I feel like the people that toss shade to at you know oh these whores over here, da, 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 but they're just sexually frustrated themselves. It's like yeah. Yeah. loves company. Like you can't you get in line and be just like us? It's it's never about the whores that they're referring to. It's always about them. People that you know that yeah. make these kind of comments and feel the need to to judge or or you know throw throw stones at somebody. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah, it's fun. Yes, it is. I want to uh, go back uh, to the fact that we are trying to get everything out of one partner today. And we're trying to get everything that a tribe would have given us back like thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean uh, intimacy, stability, familiarity. But at the same time, we want to have this spectacular uh off the charts sex life because we all want to have that nobody's going to say no i don't want to have a good sex life mm -hmm. but nobody's going to talk about it if it's lacking or even if it's good nobody's going to say mine is amazing uh but the notion and uh, this is something i learned from Esther perel again the notion of uh, marriage and uh the existence of desire in the same relationship it's very new it's a modern world uh, need because before marriage was just about um, uh, financial stability raising a family uh, working the field it was never about sexual desire and sexual satisfaction and that was always something that was being procured from outside the relationship and now we no longer do that we want to be monogamous and we also want to be um um, um observe fidelity within the relationship and we're trying to get it all in one place and it's not possible because the moment familiarity and stability comes into the relationship that's when desire just goes out the window because mm. desire has nothing to do with that desire is not about the need it's not about uh, being comfortable with someone it's about being new being put out of your outside of your comfort zone and being made to want and, and, and just like squirm. Yes. Completely opposites of what a relationship that is nice and close to your heart. It's about is. wanting something that is not a sure thing, right? That you either yes. don't have or that you could lose or that comes and goes. Yeah, exactly. So you're right. It's yeah. not what you want in a relationship. Right. So how are we putting the two together? Well, every intellectual argument I've had, I've seen or uh, on social media or um, Jordan Peterson, all their intellectual arguments against polyamory has always been um, it's unfair or it's not good for society. Um, it doesn't have stability for raising a family, children, stuff like that. Those are the arguments, but they never touch on the sexuality mm -hmm. or lack of desire or all the reasons that people are getting divorced and not staying in these structures that are supposed to be stable. They're not talking about the destabilization of these stable structures mm -hmm. exactly and yeah so they just they counter that and, you know just with well you just you just do it you know mm -hmm. you, so you suck it up mm -hmm. so what you're miserable we're all miserable it's called marriage that's what it is well and you if it doesn't work out it. you just get a divorce yeah but then it's that's not stable but it's yeah. more acceptable to get a divorce than it is because it's a legal contract yeah. and then you just get another legal yeah, contract somehow another it's not okay to be in love and marry two people but it's okay yeah. to get a divorce and marry a second person yeah, that is something that it just it still boggles my mind. Like I understand the social constructs and uh, mentality that 
makes it so that people have such a hard time wrapping their head around this dynamic. But when I think about all the problems that this dynamic solves, at least for us, and I know we're not alone, I know other people that desire this. And right. Yeah. So when you have this, as opposed to a broken home where kids are going back and forth between mom and dad's houses or, or just a home where one or both partners are not content or just not their best selves. You know, there's something, there's something missing where you're not at operating at your fullest. That's not healthy either. That's not healthy for either partner. It's not healthy for the kids. So yeah, it does bother me a lot that this is so demonized mm-hmm. when it is in it and how it plays out in everyday life. It's so beautiful. And it just, yeah, it really bothers me that that right. people hate it so much. Right. We're not trying to do anything. It's like, I don't get it. What's the big deal? Yeah. What is the big deal? I know the comments that we get are outrageous. I, I don't know. And they, they, hate love, they hate us. Yeah. Yeah. The moment they realize they have nothing to hate us for, that's when they hate us even more. They go nuts. Yeah. yeah. They argue. Yeah. They're like arguing until they're blue in the face mm-hmm. about that that we're wrong we're wrong we're wrong we about what wrong. we're saying yeah <laughs> you don't really believe what you're saying i see it in your body language <laughs> i can tell by the blue hair you don't really mean what you're saying <laughs> okay thank you yes <laughs> i think it's more about them than it is about us absolutely it's always about them yeah it's never about us yeah Thank you for helping to normalize alternative relationship structures by liking subscribing and sharing with people just like yourselves If you found this episode helpful, please comment below. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Where did you take me to the Terry Black's barbecue? Yeah. You keep t- putting out Sorry, that energy, it's so and easy. we're never going to get to go to Terry <laughs> Black. No, yeah, you're putting out that negative Joe Rogan. I'm not. Energy. Don't put I'm any I'm negative. What do you have against Joe Rogan? How did, actually, how did he hurt you? Nothing. I don't even know the man. But <laughs> Joe Rogan, you, please invite us on your one podcast. One of these days, he will invite us. We will not us. wear underwear. He will. <laughs> Just for you, Joe Rogan. You invite us to the podcast. Oh, that got weird. He's never going to invite us to this. <laughs> if you're not wearing underwear, you guys will definitely get us invited. To like, And we'll get... VIP at Terry Black. Last time I was wearing underwear, you complained that I was pulling a Sharon Stone on you. Well, <laughs> 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 you did. I didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. You were showing everybody, like, ankles are behind your head. Like, so tell me more <laughs> about whatever you're talking about. It's very interesting. What's wrong with you? <laughs> is, this, everybody, is that AC on? It feels so cool. I'm feeling a breeze. <laughs> If I wouldn't have worn underwear, then it would have been a breeze. But as I had underwear on, it was no breeze. <laughs>